Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us this beautiful Sunday morning for our live stream service. I'm coming to you from my front porch where I have spent the majority of my time over the past week. Uh, in fact, I think this is probably the first time I've combed my hair in over a week, so you all should be honored. Um, that said, I want to thank everybody for uh, your prayers for me and my family uh, as we've been sick with COVID. Uh, I think we're all on the mend. Uh, starting to feel better and hopefully by next week uh, should be able to ease back into uh, some sort of normalcy. So uh, that being said though, I still have a little bit of a, of a cough when I get to talking a lot. So uh, we're going to do something a little different today that I think you're all going to enjoy. Um, I've got a message on my heart that uh, the Lord has given me and I'm going to kind of get the ball rolling and then I've called in some reinforcements to uh, help me finish it. So uh, we'll just jump right in, and uh, if you got your Bible, I'm going to take my text this morning from Ephesians chapter 4. Um, in this chapter, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and he's reminding them of the importance of the church walking in unity, um, specifically for every part, uh, every person in the church doing their job and doing what God has called them to do in order for the body to function the way that it's supposed to. And uh, he reminds them there's one Lord, there's one God, uh, one faith, one baptism, and one body. And everybody in that body has been placed there specifically by God for uh, a purpose. Um, he says this, this is beginning in chapter uh, 4, verse 11. He said, God has given, well, first of all, in 11, he says God's given apostles and, and uh, prophets and teachers and pastors, so on and so forth, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until uh, we all come together in the unity, there's that word again, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. And so what he's, he's basically warning that where there's not unity uh, in the body of Christ, there's chaos. And so when every person within the body is not doing what God has called them to do, then truth loses and deception wins. He goes on to explain that we shall speak the truth in love and that we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So when we think about the concept of a body, you have a head and you have a body. Christ is the head. It's from the head where all the commands are given. And then the body follows the commands of the head. So Christ being the head and then from whom the whole body being us joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share and causes growth of the body for the edifying of, its, of itself in love. And so I want to focus on that phrase that said, every joint supplying. And so uh, Paul is basically using the function of the human body uh, as an example for how the function of the church body uh, should work. So if you think about it from a physical, natural physical body, and how God strategically placed every joint, every ligament, organ, limb, everything, every part of the body God strategically placed um, to do its job for the overall function of the entire body. So take, for example, the kneecap. Uh, it's a joint. It's a small joint compared to the entire body, but when that one joint does its job, then the whole body um, succeeds. If that one joint fails and it doesn't do its job, then the overall body uh, suffers the consequences for that. So let's apply that then to uh, the body of Christ. Um, first of all, let me, let me start by explaining what I, what I mean by the body of Christ. Uh, if you go back 2,000 years ago, 
and Jesus uh, walked this earth, he had a natural, physical body just like you and I have. And with that body, he spread the gospel. Uh, with his own mouth he spoke, with his hands he healed, with his feet he walked, and so he used his body to spread the good news of the gospel. But when Jesus returned to heaven, obviously he still wanted to continue to spread the gospel uh, on the earth through his spirit, and in order to do that, he still needs a body. And that's where you and I come in, the, the believers and the followers of Jesus Christ. We become the body. Jesus places his spirit within us, and then he gives us talents and abilities, and through us, we now become his hands, his feet, his mouth, in order to spread the gospel. Um, so, again, when God gives us those gifts and those callings, we have to operate in them in order for the whole body to succeed. Just like this kneecap um, has to be faithful in order to bless the entire body. If I do what God has called me to do, the entire body of believers is blessed. If I fail to do what God has called me to do, then the entire body of believers suffers the consequences. Every joint supplies to the overall function of the body. And many times within the body, sometimes... Uh, parts of the body are called on to step up and help in areas where other parts of the body cannot. For example, if, uh, if I break my leg, um, then my arms instantly have new responsibilities placed on them that they don't normally have. Normally my arms don't contribute too much to the walking of the body. Uh, that's the leg's job. But if the leg is broken, now my arms have to operate the crutches. My arms are now helping the body uh, to walk. And so that can also happen uh, and does happen within the body of Christ. In fact, we have witnessed that happening uh, this past week uh, with me being sick and in quarantine. Uh, just because the pastor's sick doesn't mean that the whole church uh, body has to shut down. Uh, ministry needs continue on even though the, the pastor is curled up in the fetal position, uh, which I have been a time or two this past week. Uh, but I'm so proud of the body of Christ within Crossway and how many of you have stepped up and, and just done jobs uh, even in addition to what you normally do. It's been a great thing. It's kind of reminded me uh, of the account in the book of Exodus uh, when the Amalekites had come out in battle against the Israelites. And so uh, God placing everybody in, in a certain position to work in this battle for success. So, for example... Joshua was appointed to be the leaders over all the armies of Israel. He went down into the valley and led those armies, and every man fighting with his sword and with his shield, every joint supplying, doing what they were called to do. Joshua leading the armies. Moses, Aaron, and Hur all go up on top of the mountain uh, to get a hold of God. And as they're watching this battle play out below them, Moses lifts his hands up in, into heaven. And while his hands are lifted up into heaven, uh, the Israelites would win the battle. But when Moses' arms would get heavy, as you can imagine they would after a while, he'd lower his arms and kind of wiggle them to get some blood flow again, the Israelites would begin to lose the battle. And so he recognizes this, and so he forces himself just to hold his arms up for hours and for days. He's holding his hands up in order for Israel to win the battle. But Aaron and her recognizing the situation, recognizing no doubt the exhaustion of their leader. There's only so long you can hold your hands up in the air. Aaron gets on one hand, Hur gets on the other hand, 
and they literally hold Moses' hands up until the end of the war. They, they win the battle uh, because they, that was their job, to hold up Moses' arms. And so uh, just like that kneecap, if it does what it's supposed to do, the whole body succeeds. If it doesn't, the whole body don't. And so if Aaron and her and Joshua hadn't done uh, what God had, had called them to do, then the whole nation of Israel would have lost that war. So it's a beautiful picture uh, of the body stepping up to do what it has to do uh, in hard times. And so that being said, I have my own Aaron and her and Joshua um, that are waiting on standby to uh, finish uh, this message for me and to give their thoughts on what it means for every joint uh, to supply. So I will turn it over to them and then I'll be back with some closing remarks. Good morning. I'm sitting out here in the middle of the woods. It's uh, towards evening. It's a little cool. This is my favorite time of year. I absolutely love fall. Uh, I love it when it gets cool in the in the evenings. Uh, I love the, uh, don't really like the days getting shorter, but I, I just like the smell of fall in the air. And uh, one of the things I love most about fall is the leaves changing colors. You can see behind me, got some leaves behind me changing colors. I just love um, love to see all the colors that come out this time of year. And I love going for drives and, and looking at all the, all the fall leaves. And I got to thinking as Dennis asked us to do this little experiment, why I like um, fall so much, why I like those colors of the leaves so much. And it dawned on me, I like it because um, the beauty of those leaves comes from every leaf being different. Every leaf's a different shape. Every leaf's a different color. And instead of being the green that they have been all year long, they turn into reds and oranges and yellows and, and the colors just pop. And it dawned on me, the beauty is really in the differences in those leaves. If I ask someone uh, of you that may love summer, probably one of the reasons you love summer is not because the leaves are all finely green, right? That's of all the things I love about summer, the uniformity of the of the leaves is not one of the reasons, but is the reason that people love fall. And so God has created us to appreciate beauty in differences. Um, and I believe that that's true about the church too. And not only is it true about Crossway Fellowship Church, but it's true about just the body of Christ globally. And a lot of times we think um, church unity should mean church uniformity. And that's not at all what I believe God intended because he did um, teach us, ingrain in us to appreciate beauty in differences. I'm wearing my... Uh, be different sweatshirt as it's a little cooler this afternoon and um, on the back of the sweatshirt is Romans 12 2 and it's one of my favorite verses and what it says I'll read it here for you it says do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you might discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect I think as Christians we're called to be different um, but one of the things that uh, we often do as Christians is we take these little verses and we um, 
just take that little snippet and we we don't read the whole letter as as maybe it was intended as it was written as Romans was and so what's interesting is if you keep reading on um in Romans you get into some very interesting um text and that's what's been on my mind as I've been praying about um you know what I was going to say here this morning and if I read on starting in, in verse 4, Romans 12, verse 4, what it says is, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And that brings me uh, just to thoughts of spiritual gifts, right? We all, uh, I, I truly believe that we've all been given spiritual gifts from God, every single one of us. And now several of us out there may be thinking, well, I, I haven't been given any spiritual gifts. And I, I just don't believe that's true. What I believe is maybe we haven't found our spiritual gifts yet, but I, I truly believe that God has given us all a gift that we're supposed to use for his purposes, to, to further his kingdom, to, to bring people to Christ. And so I truly believe it, it's our job as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, to go find out what that gift is and to figure out how we use that to further the kingdom. And so one of the things we've got to get behind us is that all gifts look the same, right? Because we'll, we'll think of maybe even Pastor Dennis. He stands up there on Sunday morning and he's got the gift of preaching. And we think, well, my gift is, is not that gift. And my gift, therefore, is not as good as that gift. And that's simply not true. God has positioned each one of us and, and given us the gifts that we need to fulfill the purpose that he's called us to. And you might be saying, well, I don't even know how to start finding what my spiritual gift is. And um, what I'll say to that is, have you tried asking God? And, you know, the correlation I want to give you is, if you've ever bought a gift for a loved one, or, you know, someone you really love, and you've spent a lot of time, and you've purchased what you think is the perfect gift when you give them that gift, you want to see them open it. You want to see their facial expressions. You want to see um, how they react to this gift that you've bought with, with love and with thoughtfulness. And beyond that, you want to see them use it, right? If you bought them a, an easel because they love painting, you want to see them get out some paints and, and paint a picture. And I think God's the exact same way. I think he's given us a ton of gifts and when we don't use those gifts for his purpose, it makes him sad. I think God's more than willing to take the time it requires to teach us what our gifts are and how he wants us to use them. He gave them for us for his purpose, not our purpose. And it's only in his best interest that we learn to use it. Now, sometimes we get hung up and, and, and these gifts look a little different, right? I mean... Spiritual gifts might look like a guitar pick. Um, spiritual gift might look like a thank you note. 
a spiritual gift might look like a hammer. A spiritual gift might look like a dollar bill. A spiritual gift might look like a Bible study. A spiritual gift might look like a can of soup. A spiritual gift might look like a hug. And you might not think of those as spiritual gifts, but I guarantee you, each and every one of you listening to this today is gifted in at least one way, and most likely many, many ways. And I believe this morning what our task should be is to go find out what that gift is, to go get down on our knees, get a quiet time with God, and really have him help us take an inventory of the spiritual gifts he's given us. So how does this all tie in with the leaves? Well, it's been my experience and it's my belief in, in all the years that I've been serving God, like I said earlier, that each one of us is positioned exactly where we need to be. And so, and I also believe that God doesn't give two or three people the same gift with the hope that one of them might use it. And so if you're listening to this this morning, chances are you um, attend Crossway Fellowship Church. And it's my belief that God's given you a gift that he wants you to use either at Crossway Fellowship Church or in Willow Springs or in Howe County or in Missouri to further his kingdom. And it's also my belief that if we don't go search out that spiritual gift, that that task is just simply going to get undone. And if we go back and we tie those two pieces of Scripture together, I think we'll really find out what God wants us to do. He wants us to be different. And He wants us to be different by using the things that He gave only to us. And so whether it means Googling a spiritual gifts test or praying to God or maybe asking a loved one, what they think your spiritual gifts might be. That's your homework for the rest of the morning this morning. Let's go figure out what your spiritual gift is. What has God given you that you can use for his glory and then spend the afternoon putting it in practice? Thank you for your time this morning. I hope that you find your spiritual gift and it brings you joy because I know it'll bring God joy, and God bless you. Well, good morning out there to everybody in uh, live stream land. I hope you can uh, hear me. It's pretty loud where I'm at, but I'm coming to you underneath the Verrazano's Bridge in New York City. Um, when the pastor had asked me if I wanted to be a part of this this morning, I told him I would, and those of you that know me know that this is uh, not my strong suit when it comes to technology and stuff, but I thought, well, I'm going into the city, so it would be pretty cool to uh, take take my video underneath uh, something that goes into New York City. And you are standing and seeing the underneath of one of the major uh, thoroughfares going into a city of 8 million people. It's called the Verrazano's Bridge. If, uh, if you could see it on this wet, cloudy day back behind me would be the city of New York. Uh, 8 million plus people live there on a daily basis. Over 1.6 million people come into this uh, city every day. 
So the pastor had asked if we would do something on Ephesians 6.14 where it talks about how everyone has to come together, jointly fit together for the work of God and how we all do that for God's, uh, for God's glory. And so I thought nothing, nothing better than this because that city that was behind me, if it was not, if, if it did not work properly and come together uh, thoroughly where every train, every subway, every bridge, uh, all the infrastructure of that city has to work seamlessly uh, to, to get it to work together, to bring everybody together, because if not, uh, it would be in total chaos. If, if one part of that city is, is out of whack, if one part of the, the infrastructure is, is not working, whether there's a wreck, whether the A train or the E train or the, uh, the subways, the, the trains going into Connecticut and, and New Jersey, if, if, if they aren't working properly, and this city is in total gridlock throughout the morning, throughout the day. Uh, same way with the uh, police stations and the uh, sanitation. And you wouldn't believe the sanitation that comes out of this city. So it takes, it definitely takes everyone to work together behind the scenes to do things that, uh, that we don't even know about. So we have to come together at different times for our uh, churches to work together properly to do what needs to be done for the kingdom of God. And I thought about uh, when we were talking about the uh, rebuilding of Jerusalem, the walls, when Nehemiah wanted to go in and rebuild that, um, he had to recruit people to do that, and, and it was in rough shape, and, and, and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't looking good, but uh, the people went in, and they did what they had to do. They come together in, in unity. They come together no matter what their gift was, no matter what their calling was. They came together to work together to rebuild something that meant something to them, so um, it got to a point there where they, they worked day and night. Not only did they, they work, they had to uh, um, um, oh, watch out for, uh, they, they were trying to be sabotaged. They had to fight while they worked. So they would have one hand working while one hand on their, on their uh, sword. Uh, the people that were the laborers, uh, they, would hold one, they would hold one sword in their hand and carry the mortar or whatever it may be up to the builders, the skilled carpenters who uh, also had their weapons on their side. And they slept our day and night uh, just to, to just to get it finished, just to make something do for them. So in this chaos that we're living in right now, when it comes to Corona and many other things that we face as a church body, uh, we've got to come together. Uh, we all have different gifts. We all have different callings. And and it takes it takes a true village to raise a family. Isn't that what they say? Or it takes a true village to raise a kid. And uh, it takes it takes everybody. It takes a church body. To, uh, to raise a good working body for Christ, uh, something that God would be proud of. It doesn't matter what uh, God has called us to do at different times. We may be called to clean the toilet, and uh, maybe we were called to pastor the church. Um, I don't know that I'm going to get our pastor to uh, clean the toilets, but I bet he would if I asked him real nice. But uh, we, all, we all have to do things at different times that uh, may not necessarily be what we think is important. But then maybe we're doing things that we don't consider important that are very important for the uh, kingdom of God. I just uh, ask that each and every one of us would just do what God calls us to do, to be a part of his body, to be a part of his church, and to uh, keep it functioning the way that it should. If, if this city didn't function, if the people that were here, you know, the sanitation workers, they probably think their job doesn't amount to anything. But just one, one time of missing the sanitation... It would be lights out in this town. I mean, there's piles of trash when it's sanitation day around here. If we didn't have law enforcement around here, it would be total chaos. If we didn't have uh, the subway systems, people would have nowhere to get anywhere. If we didn't have the, uh, the bus stations, uh, people would have nowhere to get anywhere. If people didn't clean the streets, uh, it would just be a total pile of trash consistently. 
So it's up, it's up to all of us, and it doesn't matter whether you're seen, whether you're heard, uh, whether your calling is behind the scenes. I just think we all need to realize that, that the devil's going to come against us to tear us all apart as much as he can, whether it's to keep us out of church, uh, to keep us from spreading the word. But we've got this thing called live stream. I'm not a virtual church person. I'll be the first one to say that. But uh, when that's what's got to be done, that's what's got to be done. So I just want you guys to take a look there behind me. It's shrouded in that is just a mass of humanity uh, that totals almost 10 million people each day because 1.6 million come into that above and beyond the 8 million that are there every day. And that can't get done by one or two people. Uh, I've got different gifts than what Matt's got. Matt's got different gifts than what I have. Uh, the pastor has different gifts than what than what either one of us has. And Steve, well, he's just a weirdo, but uh, we keep him around because we like him because he's even got some gifts that we don't have. If I wanted to know anything about Jewish customs, I would go to uh, Brother Dale and find out the traditions and stuff. He's got more knowledge than I would ever want to know about that kind of stuff. So I just want to encourage you all to stay positive through this. I know that it's not the perfect situation. Uh, trust me, I walked a quarter of a mile in the stinking rain to get under this bridge just so I could hopefully uh, say something that might make a difference in your life, that might stick in your life. So I hope you can hear it. I hope you can see it. Uh, I'm soaking wet, but, you know, I, w I would do anything for the kingdom of God. I'll climb into your septic tank if I need to, but I would prefer that you would call maybe Steve to do that if you if you need that. He's, he's a force behind that. But I want everybody to uh, just be encouraged. Stay positive. Keep praying. Keep praying for those that are sick right now. Keep praying for those that have, that have come down with the corona. Uh, it's just it's it's a it's a blip in the road, and this too shall pass, and, and God's going to get us through it. But there's going to be more things to come um, that that we're going to need to come against as a church, and we're going to need all hands on deck. Uh, I also think about uh, when it comes to the wall of Jericho. God called them to march around that. And, and the men of war, um, you know, they would have rather just went and took that city, which maybe they could, maybe they couldn't have, but without God in it, they wouldn't have been able to. But it took a group of people that had different gifts. It took the priest that carried the ark. Uh, it took the priest that blew the horn. It took the men of war to march around and do just as God has in, had instructed them to do, to work together as a team, to work together in unity, uh, to be one body and one, and, um, and one mind and one accord to accomplish what needed to be done. If any of them had got out of line and wanted to do things on their end, they wouldn't have took that city, but they had to work together as a team to uh, achieve that ultimate ultimate success that God had intended for them. So I just want to encourage you today to keep praying, keep focused, keep reading your Bible. Uh, we're all going to get through this, and we're all going to be better as a church body. And I know that God's got big things in store for us if we'll all just use the gifts that God has for us and uh, work together as one in one mind and one accord and come together as God intends us to. I love you all. I appreciate you all. I'll talk to you later. Good morning. We are standing here on a corner of the family farm and i chose this location and this jeep because about a week ago we were driving out here and uh the jeep just died it we were just nothing no power no electrical no gas no nothing and I called my dad to come and bail us out he was just a little bit ahead of us he knew exactly what the problem was you know if i were to ask you what is the most important part of an automobile you might say the engine, and that's true. You're not going to get anywhere without an engine. Um, in that moment, I'll show you what the most important part of the automobile was. See this right here? That's the positive battery terminal and the lead wire coming off of it. In that moment, 
that was the most important part of this vehicle because that was the part that was not working and that was the reason why we couldn't go anywhere. When Dennis said that he wanted to do this message, putting pieces together, he said, the inspiration I have is every joint supplies. And what my mind went to was the fact that this, this vehicle here has all these many, many, many parts. And everybody gets around, they talk about their cars, they talk about how big the engine is, they talk about what kind of transmission it has in it. They might even talk about what kind of wheels and tires that they have on it. Nobody talks about battery cables. Nobody's like, man, I just bought me some new Edelbrock high-performance battery cables, gonna put them on this weekend. Nobody talks about that. But the battery cables in this moment were an extraordinarily important part. In the body of Christ, there are people who are important, right? There's church pastors and youth leaders and worship leaders, and we think about those people, and we think about how vital they are to the function of the church. Man, everybody's vital to the function of the church. There are parts in the church, just like this battery cable, that nobody talks about, nobody pays a whole lot of attention to, they don't get a lot of praise, but if something happens, the whole thing still just stops running. They're just as important. They're just as vital as anybody else. My mind went to a couple in the Bible that we find out about through the letters of Paul. Uh, it's Aquila and Priscilla. They're a married couple. And we don't know a whole lot about them because they are unsung heroes of the Bible, much like the battery cables in the car or a thousand other parts in there that nobody talks about. Those two must have been really important to Paul because he writes about them all the time. Hey, Timothy, will you check up on Aquila and Priscilla and see how they're doing? I left them in Ephesus, and I want to know how they're doing. Hey, don't forget to, to send some praise to Aquila and Priscilla, because I've been thinking about them. They were an important couple. What were they important for? We, we don't entirely know, but here's what we know. Paul lived with them for a while when he was in Corinth. He took them with him when he went to Ephesus. They started a a house church in Ephesus where they were ministering to people. And there's even a case where there was a young, passionate preacher named Apollos who was delivering message in the synagogue and Aquila and Priscilla must have been in the synagogue listening to that message. And they, they waited until he was done preaching and then they quietly took him aside and the Bible says that they gave him more clearly uh, the, the, the spirit of God. They told him what he was missing in his preaching. He was missing some things. They're just quietly working behind the scenes, making sure that Paul's missionary journey is funded, that he's got a place to stay, that he's got food to eat, that um, if somebody says something in, in their preaching that's just a little bit off, that they just quietly correct them. And you know there's a lot of people in the church like that. Prayer warriors, uh, encouragers. Man, I tell you, when I do a message, when I fill in, I always worry that I didn't do a good job. And inevitably, somebody will give me a text message or give me a call or just walk up, pat me on the back and tell me that they needed that that day. And man, that's it. That That's what makes it work. I, I would lose my desire to do it, believing that I, I would defeat myself uh, worrying about what a job I was doing if it wasn't for people like that. And so every joint supplies. And I'll tell you something else. I want to show you something. I'm going to back my wife up here. My father-in-law made me this box. And if you look at the joints here on the side, they're finger joints. A lot of times when you when you get a box, something from Target or something, it'll be a butt joint. So this piece here will just line straight up with this piece here. They just lay like that. And that's fine, but if you hit that or drop that, it'll split right apart. These joints right here, if I hit them really hard, they're going to stay together. 
because they get strength from one another. The fact that they're neatly fit together, they, they bear on each other and it makes the peace stronger. And this is how the body of Christ works. You've got your church pastor and your youth pastor and your worship leader. But underneath that, you got a whole lot more joints keeping this whole thing together. And they all lend to the strength and the durability of the final product. So I want you to be encouraged today. No matter what role you fill in the church, whether you're somebody who cleans the church, whether you're somebody who just likes the Facebook posts and shares the messages and encourages other people and tells people at work, hey, you know, you ought to come to church or tells people, man, we had a good service this week. And you're just being that constant reminder, a source of positivity. All those things are vital, vital, vital to the the health of the church. And those are the things that God is looking for out of us. Not that we just have good church services or fancy church services, but that we are being the body of Christ outside the doors of the building and that every joint is supplying. I hope that reaches you today. I hope that speaks to your heart. Talk about social distancing. Uh, forget six feet. Uh, we did that message together with miles between us. So uh, uh, well put, gentlemen. Excellent job. Uh, I hope that this message this morning <coughs> excuse me, uh, has ministered to you. And more importantly, uh, I hope it's inspired you uh, to find your place within the body of Christ. What is... What joint are you? What, what role do you play uh, within the body of Christ? And, and, and hope that you understand how important your role is. Uh, maybe some of you listening today and you think, well, how do I even become part of the body of Christ? I don't even know what this means. And uh, I want you to understand this morning that um, we're all sinners. Uh, we're born that way. And uh, our sin separates us from God. And God loves us too much uh, to let us die in our sin. And that's why he sent Jesus to the cross to die and to pay the penalty for my sins and for your sins. Uh, and it's just as simple as just putting your trust in that, uh, repenting of your sin. Lord, I'm sorry for the sins that I've committed. And I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my life and be my Lord. And, and in doing that, you become part of the body of Christ. And so I want to pray for you this morning. Uh, and then after I pray, then I'll give you a couple announcements, okay? Heavenly Father, we just want to pause for a moment uh, on this day. As we turn our attention towards you, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the work that you did there for each and every one of us, that we might be redeemed, that we might be saved, and that we might become part of your body. I pray, God, as you reach out uh, through this camera today, Lord, and touch those who are watching, that those who are not in relationship with you might enter into that relationship with you today. Your spirit is just as real right there in their living room as it would be in the church house. So do your work as only you can. I pray for all of us who are now already a part of your body, that we would more efficiently step up and do the work that you've called us to do, that we might be more effective in our generation and in our community in spreading the gospel. Lord, we love you. We thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and for what you're going to do. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, hope that this ministered to you today. Just a couple quick announcements. Next Sunday morning, the 25th, we will be back in church together, uh, so we are looking forward to that. So keep in mind, uh, the virus is spiking, obviously, a little bit around our community, uh, so keep in mind social distancing, uh, use a lot of hand sanitizer, and uh, we'll try not to spread it any more than we, than we absolutely have to. Some of you asked about masks. Uh, masks are not re required, but you are more than, um, uh, you're more than welcome to wear a mask if you feel more comfortable doing that. Nobody will look down on you for that at all. So you do what you feel is the most comfortable for you. Uh, wanted to make it clear we didn't cancel 
services the last couple weeks uh, out of fear, uh, just out of uh, caution and due diligence. And so we want to exercise that same due diligence uh, going forward. Uh, so next Sunday morning, back in church together. Next Sunday night uh, at 5 o'clock, Matt Knapp is going to uh, begin his apologetic series on the book of Revelation. Uh, you do not want to miss that. That is going to be some great teaching. So next Sunday night at 5 o'clock begins the apologetics. Uh, two weeks from today, that's November 1st. Uh, remember, we will be taking up our principal reduction offering. Uh, we are just trying about once a quarter, we'll take up a special offering to place on the uh, uh, the principal of our loan for our new building. And we just want to get that paid off as soon as possible. And that way we can see what God's next step uh, is for our church. So if you can help us out there, that would be great. Uh, and then final announcement, this coming Saturday, the 24th, uh, at Booster Field is our youth event. Uh, DeMac will be there performing. And then our new uh, uh, young adult band. Uh, we got some young adults in our church that put together a band uh, going by the name Forgiven, and they are going to open for DeMac. And so uh, get all your teenagers out uh, to Booster Field next or this coming Saturday night, the 24th, uh, at 6 p.m. for that youth event. It's going to be a great time. So all that said, again, we'll see you next Sunday. Uh, thank you again for joining us today. We love you, and God bless, and we'll see you soon. Goodbye.